Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Dwayne Attree, the CEO of Potential X and the Health Roundtable. The Health Roundtable is a knowledge sharing collective drawing upon the experiences of thousands of highly skilled clinicians and administrators across Australia and New Zealand, as well as top innovators from the UK, the USA, and Canada. Potential X is a unique knowledge and technology company focused on the health and human sectors. Potential X is the full service provider for the Health Roundtable, which is delivered to over 165 hospitals across Australia and New Zealand. As the CEO, Dwayne is responsible for delivering their mission of collaborating and networking for health innovation and improvement. Hey, Dwayne, how are you going? Good, Pete. How are you? Really good. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Whereabouts are you joining from today? Sydney today and yep. great day. Shout out to the Victorians. I'm glad they're out of their lockdown and thanks on behalf of all of us. You've done a great job. Yeah, that's amazing. It's good to have you on and it's great to do it, especially during a month that you're so busy in and we'll learn all about that in just a little bit. But let's get started. For those that don't know, how about let's start with Potential X. Tell us a little bit more about that and what that's all about. So Potential X is a relatively unique company, been around for 25 years in various guises, formerly known as Chapel Dean essentially a big data analytics company that brings all of the power of data science together with the humans who have the problems that they feel every day and try and have some peer-to-peer -peer learning and development using data as the common language. So we work across public, private hospitals, disability, and previously worked in various other areas like telehealth, primary care. And then the other thing you've got going on is the health roundtable. Tell us a little bit more about that. The Health Roundtable is a unique collaborative, as you said in your intro, up over 180-odd hospitals, New Zealand, Australia, and the UAE. And again, it turns 25 this year, which is the month of November. Together, Potential X and Health Roundtable have jointly delivered the services to members, which is a combination of benchmarking and analytical reports and the innovation and knowledge sharing that we do quite uniquely. And so how does it work? Do hospitals become a client of Potential X? Hospitals are members of the Health Roundtable, so they join up to the club with their peers and sitting in behind the club that delivers the work is the joint venture with Health Roundtable and Potential X. So Potential X partners with industry collaboratives, whether that is the Health Roundtable is our key and most important industry collaborative. We do similar work with the Ability Roundtable, which is in the disability space and have previously done work in international telehealth through a similar collaborative of health roundtable type members and providers across the world. So a hospital might join for a year and be really focused on a niche area. They'll submit their data to the health roundtable and we then take all of that data across disparate systems, get it to an apples with apples comparison, and then lots of analytics and algorithms that allow hospitals to understand who's performing well and what can they learn from those exemplar performers. And that's where the humans come in. We bring them together to identify the peers that they can learn from and share those improvements and innovations across the system. So does a hospital come to you and say, hey, we've got a really tricky problem to solve that we can't work it out? Or do they come to you and say, we don't know whether we've got a problem, we just want to be generally better? Or is it a mix of both? Yeah, there's four, four key questions that most providers of some service will ask that we try and cater to. The first is there's just so much data. How do I get meaningful information out of this? And 
So we obviously have the data science and the technology that allows the data to come in and be cleaned and audited and packaged in a way that allows good analysis. The second question is then, now that I've got some good data, how am I performing relative to my peers? Healthcare, while not overtly competitive, everyone knows everyone in the system. It's very incestuous. And so we all like to know, how are you going in this particular area, be that at an organizational level or at a subspecialty level? What we try and shift is we don't do benchmarking for performance or a retribution style performance approach. We're really about... How can I perform better? We desperately believe that anyone can improve, be it an organization or an individual. And so we try and identify, well, who's performing best and then connect them so that you can learn from a peer in a trusted way. And then the final question is really, how do I implement and sustain change? So if I know that I've got a problem, if I know that others have solved and improved that particular area, what have I got to do at my site or in my practice to make that change happen and make it stick. So to put it in context then, can you give us an example of the kinds of problems that you've solved for in say a hospital setting or a disability service or something like that? The most big chunky example would be a hospital that's working its way through an accreditation cycle. Mm. So part of that cycle is external surveyors that might come and look at the hospital's performance and there's key metrics and key standards that those surveyors are investigating. And so we produce a huge amount of reports and comparable analytics that allow hospitals to say, we did have this particular issue in say surgical throughput for two years, we've intervened and done these sorts of process improvements or workforce improvements. And we can see that we're now performing at this level And this level is in the 25th percentile of our peer comparisons. So they can demonstrate the effect of their improvement interventions and tie that back to the regulatory standards of the Australian or New Zealand uh, health system. So it's it's, uh, one of several data points that hospital executives might have in determining how are we performing and we quite often hear hospital members say, you're the canary in the mine shaft. Mm-hmm. You give us forewarning of where things might be moving in a particular direction that's not where we want to be. And so they triangulate using their own data sources, potentially government data sources and ours to work their way through what's our hy- hypothesis for improvement and can we demonstrate some return on that improvement intervention. Do you find that most hospitals, at least from my own experience, most hospitals consider themselves as unique snowflakes and probably not comparable to any other hospital in Australia. So how do you go about comparing or going into a hospital setting or a healthcare setting and not knowing too much about how they do things, but then understanding if they're performing well or not and then how to compare it against something else? I think we start on the basis of, again, the sort of organisational and and cultural mission that we have, which is that everyone can improve. So there's no such thing as a perfect hospital, a perfect disability services provider. We can all improve, a perfect clinician, a perfect hospital executive, we can all improve. And so it's really about identifying where. So we really focus attention on where there's maximum impact for for effort. And so we are based on administrative and clinical classifications, largely sort of hospital PAS and EMR data. We're not into personalized genomics or the real pointy end of some of those areas. So it's big systems change that we're interested in. 
So we take a look at things like data quality. We run thousands of data quality audits to allow us to determine where is this organization at? Is there data quality of a robust nature that allows us to use it? And how can we work with those systems to get better data into, into the database of the peers? And from there, we use all of the buzzwords of artificial intelligence and machine learning and all those kind of good things that allow us to take that enormous data asset and create the apples with apples. And we talk quite often about the stages of data grief from the data being wrong and the anger associated with incorrect data. I've presented to Chinese hospitals where we put the stages of data grief where my patients are sicker, my hospital is unique, and it's absolutely a real phenomenon. Ultimately, we try and coach and work with clinicians and organizations to get them to a point of understanding their data and using it, even if it might not be 100% accurate, to find the big improvement and the big variation that drives big system change that we're most interested in. I love that theory of the seven stages of data grief that oh, I can I can certainly relate to that. And that's a good way to approach it. Just thinking back to the point you said before, you could look at it, especially coming in from the outside and saying logically from a big systems change perspective, this makes a lot of sense and this should change or the hospital should innovate to be able to do X, Y, and Z. As innovation in healthcare is really freaking hard. <laughs> and from a hospital perspective, particularly if we've been doing workflows or just processes generally in a particular way for such a long period of time or for another reason that just isn't so apparent in kind of that type of review, how do you go about convincing a hospital that they should be doing something differently to how they do it now? The key aspect is that hospitals are made up of people and the vast majority of people that work in healthcare want to make a difference. And I think what we do, it's part of the magic of coming to a Health Roundtable event is we bring peers together. So there's a shared and deep sense of trust. And you add to that level of trust some knowledge that's informed by good, robust data. And you've got some of the ingredients combined with the enormous goodwill and enthusiasm and vocational calling that most people have in this system. And you've got the ingredients to make change happen. There's also the downside to that. You've got strong vested interests, rural professional dynamics that need to be worked with. And so again, we try and build capability that's evidence-based that says, how do we work our way through this? Importantly, someone somewhere will have solved that problem. So. We're very good at surfacing that. We can evidence it from the data again. And we go and talk to those hospitals and say, what are you doing that's different here? What have you done over this time frame to improve in this particular way? And because of the collaborative nature of the membership, that knowledge is you know, really shared and taken up because of the collegial nature of coming together. I can see how that can be much more effective and persuasive in having seeing others go through something similar at a different stage and then being able to yeah. engage with them on how it's worked. That, that makes a lot of sense. Context of a hospital is really important. And so that context is reflected in their data, but equally there's that collegial nature that brings people together. So we overcome that burden of context with a, here's what we did, take it and learn from it and rapid cycles mm -hmm. of improvement and innovation to see what works. And then we're measuring on the way through. You've obviously seen a lot of data in your time and there's, 
I guess we all hear about how data is the new oil and other kind of buzzwords. There are so many companies that are sitting on a ton of data that they take the perspective that there's, I've got so much value here that we can extract from all this data, but it's hard to find out what value you can extract from said data. So what advice do you have to any company that's got a crap load of data, but doesn't actually know what to do with it or how to make any meaning of it? Where do you start with that kind of project? Yeah, it's a great question and, you know, really complex in terms of where do you begin? I think coming back to some fundamentals of what's the problem, what's the question, what's the hypothesis that we have, be that from a service provider perspective, so clinical teams that are interested in their outcomes, their organisation that's interested in organisational and regulatory and reputation type questions, it's what's the question, who owns the problem, and, and then working through hypotheses that allow the data to be explored and put forward in such a way as to prove or disprove that there's value or improvement to be had. We don't really use data to go exploring. We've just got so much of it that you just the ultimate, you drown in the data. So we really focus in on what's the hypothesis And that has to be informed from the context on the ground. The people closest to the problem will have their own views on it. What we're trying to do is prove it or disprove it. That's where the people and the data come together. The people know or would suspect hypothesize about a particular position, but then you'd need the data to be able to make those business cases or make those decisions move forward. It's quite analogous to the medical or the clinical model of I have a hypothesis of what your symptoms are indicating and I need to then go and get evidence in order to prove that diagnosis is actually the definitive one. And we're doing that at a systems level to say, look, people on the ground have some hypotheses and lived experience on what the issues are or what the opportunities are. Our job is to prove that through the evidence that says, yes, that's true. And here's five of your peers that would seem to have solved it. What can we learn from them and bring that peer to peer together? So looking forward then for Potential X and for the Health Roundtable, what have you guys got coming up on the calendar and in the plans for the end of this year and next year? Quite timely, we're on day two of 25 days of events. So the Health Roundtable celebrates its 25th year this year. We have 25 events occurring through the month of November. It concludes on the 26th of November, which is actually the day in 1995 of the first ever Health Roundtable meeting. So some nice symbolism there. It's like and the 12 days 20, of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, a bit like the, yeah, the 25 days of Health Roundtable. It's, yeah, it's one hell of an undertaking. And it concludes with a live stream event. So we're chasing the sun from New Zealand in the east to Abu Dhabi in the West and every one of our territories will have a big virtual celebration and some guest speakers and you know, really celebrating a remarkable organisation. And so what's happening in the 25 days? Is it just 25 different events like that have like different webinars? Yeah, or? so we've launched yesterday a historical video. So we went through the archives and found a lot of photos and videos and just some great themes that have occurred. Over the last 25 years, we've got a guest speaker in Michael Crossland, a real great speaker on resilience and inspirational kind of life story. We have a real focus on shifting from lagging retrospective performance indicators into future and more leading indicators. So we have really partnered with the Mayo Clinic and their wellbeing tool. So we're measuring the workforce wellbeing across health systems. So using that as a leading indicator of performance and morale 
that's the theme is looking back, looking forward, and with a real focus on the human metrics that we're increasingly moving into. Perfect. Look, I'll put some information about both Potential X and the Health Roundtable, particularly the 25 days that people can check out and all different content and events and bits and pieces, they can learn more about what you guys do. Look, I really appreciate your time. Don't burn yourself out during the crazy period and looking forward to seeing how things progress. Thanks so much, Dwayne. Thanks, Pete. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Make sure you go check out our website for all our resources, including this podcast and the largest directory of technology solutions available to Australian healthcare practitioners today. Until next time, I'm out of here.